You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. News and notes talking about Melvin Gordon, talking about Tyreek Hill, talking about players in the news, players you might have questions about heading into 2019. Todd Gurley, for one, I know we beat a dead horse in that topic, but he's back in the news talking about how he's going to see what happens in training camp. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Poke is first. Glad to see you in the chat, Poke. Hit thumbs up on your way in, please. Got a special announcement today. Uh, or a special treat, I guess you could say, for the YouTube show. What's going on, Antonio? What's going on, Juice? We're not doing a mock draft. I know you guys want to do a mock draft. I will do one this weekend, I promise you. But in about, I would say, 15 minutes, maybe 14 minutes, we will be getting a call from another fantasy football analyst, and I'm going to do an interview while I'm live with you guys. So you're going to be able to hear a live interview with another fantasy football Instagram analyst that has a podcast so get ready for that. That'll be coming up in about, I don't know, uh, 20, uh, 14 minutes. So we'll be talking top 20 QBs in fantasy football. Happy Thirsty Thursday, says Jared. Thank you, sir. All right, so news and notes, and then we'll, we'll probably just finish up right in time to do this interview live. Uh, I've been asked to do an interview on a fantasy football podcast, so I'm going to do that while I'm live with you guys. I don't see any reason why I wouldn't. Um, okay. So Melvin Gordon, he says he's holding out. Melvin Gordon says he's going to demand a trade if he does not get a new contract. A lot of speculation floating around fantasy football waiver or uh, news wires. A lot of guesswork going on. A lot of freaking out. A lot of uh, less support and, you know, and people saying, oh, I'm going to take him anyways. More people are, are really worried about this, I think, than ever before because players used to threaten to hold out all the time and then they'd come crawling back in week one and start and play and oftentimes get hurt because they held out and, uh, and really put themselves in an even worse position. Now, Le'Veon Bell may have set a trend where we have players actually... Uh, considering holding out an entire season. These running backs aren't getting paid. Let's be honest, they aren't. But the problem with the running back and the dilemma the, the running back has in the NFL is that nobody gets that big contract until, you know, four years or so. And running backs, unfortunately, have a shelf life of four to five years. So what team's going to pay them another four or five years worth when they know they're going to get maybe one or two elite years? So... It sucks, but it also sucks from a fantasy football perspective that now we can't honestly count on these players that are threatening to hold out to return anymore. Le'Veon Bell changed everything in terms of our expectations and our calling the bluff of the player and drafting that player anyways, trying to get a steal from people freaking out and having knee-jerk reactions to the news. That used to be how you handled this as a fantasy football owner. You'd say, oh... Uh, this guy, this, he's a novice. He he thinks that Bell's really going to hold out. Well, it didn't hurt me too much because I had a lot of James Conner shares in 2019, my number two bull prediction on the year. But I did have Love Bell in, in two of my like 15 leagues that I have. And in those leagues, it did hurt me. So while I benefited, and we all benefited greatly at sleeperu.com because we were all on the James Conner wagon, 
um, it did hurt, you know, a lot of people. And it sucked to watch because Le'Veon Bell literally is the best running back in the NFL. Now, you could say that he no longer is. I get it. His situation isn't ideal anymore. He probably will never return to the Le'Veon Bell that we have come to know and love and, and start on our fantasy teams at knowing that we're going to get top one to five running back numbers. He probably won't produce that in 2019. He could, but he's getting drafted at seven to nine for a reason. People are skeptical that he'll get the receptions he needs. People are skeptical that he'll get the TDs he needs. What's going on? So Melvin Gordon is holding out. Melvin Gordon is caught on video. And I, I have that video on my Instagram feed Go to my Instagram page, instagram.com slash thefantasyfootballshow, the same username as I have on YouTube. Go to my Instagram page and watch the video of Melvin Gordon back in the fall of last year talking about Le'Veon Bell's holdout. And what he says in that is that I don't, you know, like he basically says in paraphrasing here, I don't blame him, I would hold out too. Man's going to put his heart on the line or whatever he said, I'm paraphrasing again. Put, give him everything he's got and not and you're not going to pay the man is basically what he was saying. Again, I, I understand their their thought process. I understand how frustrating it could be to be a running back, be the most critical position in fantasy football, most critical NFL position, the, the most brutal, hard-working, abuse-taking position in NFL football. And the guy can't get paid like other players, and then what, he's got to run another year and be so much closer to his end and not get that contract? It does suck. But they did. there's the argument that they did sign the contract. They knew what they were getting into. And I don't think that Melvin Gordon is going to get what he wants out of this, just like Le'Veon Bell did not get what he thought he was going to get. Le'Veon Bell talks about this like he, he had some kind of victor, victory in all this. Le'Veon Bell didn't do... Half the damage he thought he was going to do in terms of a contract and getting paid and getting what he wanted. I don't think Melvin Gordon's going to do himself any favors by holding out an entire year. So I don't think he's going to hold out an entire year. I really don't. But because we don't, we thought that about Bell. And my bold prediction last year on, on James Conner and Jalen Samuels didn't even speak to Le'Veon Bell's holdout. I wrote that prediction so far in advance, it didn't even talk about Bell holding out. So let me make that clear. It looks like we're going to go early with this interview, guys. Hold on. Let's see here. What's going on, man? Hello? What's going on? What's up? I have you live here on YouTube. And I, I believe I'm live on your show as well. Is that correct? Yeah, so not exactly live. It's a podcast. Okay. So, uh, it's probably going to be up tonight. So maybe like live delayed. Um. Live live <laughs> delayed. Okay. Can you guys hear him? This is Joey. Joey's from fantasy.football.analyst on Instagram. If you haven't checked him out, go check him out. I just want to make sure you guys can hear the audio. Can you guys hear him okay? Let me know. Yeah, you guys can hear me. Can you you can hear me okay? Am I good on your podcast? Can you hear me all right? No no echo. Yeah, okay. You're good. I, I haven't actually started recording yet. I, I did a little intro thing and I'm just, okay. I'm probably just a minute. Let's okay. okay. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk QBs, right? Yeah. So just make sure everybody can hear me in your chat. Is yeah. Anything? All good. Okay. Can you guys can you guys hear Joey? Okay, please let me know real quickly. 
Let me know if you can hear his audio okay. Audio. Maybe I should talk more. So they know I'm here. <laughs> I'm waiting for a response, guys. How many people we got in there right now? Uh, 35. And he hears the audio. Okay, Logan, thank you. So this All is right. Joey. I got it on screen here. Joey from Instagram, fantasy.football.analyst. You can also find his podcast, Fantasy Football Analyst, right? Is that right, Joey? You can They can search for that term? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, whatever you guys listen to podcasts on. Just look for the red logo. And, okay. Uh, that'll be- so, guys, I'm on his show right now while he's on my show. So, technically, I'm, I'm, qu- I'm quote-unquote on his show. So, uh, I'm going to hand it back over to you. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, I'm going to start the recording real quick, all right? Okay, go ahead. All right, all right. All right, guys, so I am now joined by Smitty, and Smitty is now joined by me because we're on each other's shows right now. He's on my podcast. I'm on his YouTube channel. Um, if you guys aren't aware of Smitty, his YouTube channel, The Fantasy Football Show, same as your Instagram, right? Yep, The Fantasy Football Show. The Fantasy Football Show. Uh, he's on YouTube. If you guys want to watch live streams you know he, he's he's on there a lot he's ringing bells whatever he's doing on there but he's definitely giving out good advice too so if you guys aren't following him on instagram the fantasy football show youtube the fantasy football show so uh yeah let's get into qbs all right let's Hopefully, do it two into qbs like last time with patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah i tend to go a little overboard on some of my pat mahomes talk so i'm going to keep it at a minimum if i can so your podcast isn't like you know 30 minutes of pat mahomes and then we have a short little and then we have one minute per player for the rest of the podcast right right uh but it's all right i mean i i definitely admire the passion you know maybe one day we'll just do a full pat mahomes show we should for now now we're gonna see how many qbs we can get through um yeah so Circling back to what we were talking about before, both of our consensus number one QBs, Patrick Mahomes, uh, go, go a little bit into it. Okay, so yeah, we talked about a little bit this last night, but we're going to start over. So we're doing the top 20 QBs. Um, I can even put a graphic on screen here so you guys know the topic. Uh, top 20 QBs, and this is redraft, right? Yeah, redraft, not dynasty. Okay. So that's the topic that we're talking about. I got it on screen here, guys. Um, let's get to it. So number one for me and and number one for Joey as well. And again, you can find Joey at fantasy.football.analyst on Instagram and also listen to his podcast. Uh, Pat Mahomes is the clear number one overall QB for me in 2019. Now, there was a lot of talk about how if if he lost Tyreek Hill, he would fall out of the top one to two for people. That was crazy talk to me. This offense has as much firepower, even if you rip Tyreek Hill away, as most of the offenses in the NFL that have these elite quarterbacks, like Watson. Um, you could argue Drew Brees uh, had, has maybe a touch more talent if you take Tyreek Hill away from this KC offense. But the bottom line is that that's, that's not even relevant anymore because we know that Tyreek Hill is probably looking at a zero to four game suspension. We should know tomorrow. Everybody that's close to the situation is leaning zero, but even if it was two or three, whatever, Pat Mahomes to me can walk into 40 TD passes and I think he's more of a sure bet for 45. Now, the fact that he he only ran for two TDs in 2019, 2018, 
He's very capable of rushing for four or five or six TDs. He's that kind of quarterback. He just didn't need to rush. Didn't he have t- like 22 rushing touchdowns between his uh, last two seasons of college? Yeah, he's a rushing machine, but he didn't need to do it. And and I mm-hmm. think I think that any offset touchdown loss from that situation, a decline, and people saying that defenses are going to figure him out, that's a load of crap. This offense is super complex. Pat Mahomes will only get better. That was his first real chance to start in the NFL. Like, what other quarterbacks have the year he had as their their first campaign? And no one's acting like he can get better. These defenses are going to get better at stopping him, but he's not going to get better at, at lighting it up and being the QB that he's, you know, hasn't even become yet. This guy's going to get better. And and I think that that you have... Damian Williams, who's going to improve as he goes through this, you know, learning this offense, because he even went on record saying, and this is no knock on Damian Williams, it's more speaking to how complex this Kansas City offense is, but he said he's still learning it. They couldn't, they couldn't let him do, he couldn't do everything right away. They had to slowly ease him into that offense, and that's more of a reason why he won't be unseated unless he's hurt, because it's so complex. And so... The emergence of Damian Williams getting into his groove, becoming that reception beast, uh, uh, being being you know a hundred yards and a touchdown threat on the ground every single game. Defenses won't be able to focus on Pat Mahomes like everyone's acting like they're going to. And if you score forty-five to fifty TDs in fantasy football, I hate to break it to you, all you Pat Mahomes haters and third-round QB drafting haters out there, but you warrant first-round value. If you're throwing for 45 to 50 TDs and you used to pay that back in the day in fantasy football, but the mindset's changed. Everybody now is all about waiting on a QB that creates an advantage for people who do appreciate drafting a QB early and early being the third round. And if anybody thinks he's a wasted pick in the third round scoring 45 to 50 TDs, they're absolutely crazy. Now, let me let me say this last point and I'll let you let you throw. (laughs) Yeah. I don't mind waiting on a QB also. That is a great approach. The only problem, I, the only reason I get upset and angry and start screaming and yelling about this is when somebody says that it's wrong to draft Pat Mahomes in the third round. I'm okay if you build a team better. We all do things differently and build teams that, that that's around our skill set and our strength. But if you are good at drafting a Mahomes and landing your fifth or sixth round wide receiver versus taking your fifth or, or your your wide receiver in the third round, like a T.Y. Hilton, and drafting your QB later, if you could land that Calvin Ridley downstream, if, you, if that's your thing, then Pat Mahomes is advantageous for you in the third round. I just get upset when people say it's a mistake to draft him early. I love waiting on Baker Mayfield in the sixth or seventh, Aaron Rodgers in the, in the fourth, and taking Pat Mahomes in the third. All of them can get you a championship in 2019. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely agree with all that. I think, now, I I definitely think there's going to be a bit of a regression as far as touchdowns, but only because that defense for the Chiefs has gotten a lot better. And, um, you know, not so much, I don't think, like what you said, I don't, think defenses are going to be able to completely figure him out. That's not realistic to think. But what I'm thinking is that that Chiefs defense is going to be stronger. And, I mean, remember that Rams-Chiefs game? How could you forget it? 50-50, to whatever it was, 53-51. I mean, that was just – that was bad 
defensive play. Like, there are good defensive plays and good offensive plays. But overall, like, you can't have a 100-point game and call either of those defenses good as far as coverage. Right? They had big plays with uh, Aaron Donald and some guys up front. But overall, the defense has improved. So they won't be forced into as many shutouts. And, uh, I mean, it'll decrease a little bit, like you said. Still worth that third-round value because I definitely see no problem with him breaking 40 passing touchdowns. And, like you said, he could improve those rushing touchdowns as well, especially with Kareem Hunt gone as well. So, um, I mean, Damian Williams just walks into that same exact role, but it can't hurt for Mahomes to run it a few more times as well. So that's our number one QB. Both in agreement on that. Uh, if I remember last time, we have different opinions about number two. I'm Andrew Luck. You're Aaron Rodgers, correct? Correct. Correct. So I actually just put out a post about Andrew, about Andrew Luck, so I just want to talk about him real quick, and sure. then we'll go to Rodgers because Rodgers is my number three anyway. Okay. So, yeah, um, Andrew Luck. I mean, once this guy hit week four, he finally got comfortable he was coming off, what, like almost two years removed from NFL? And a lot of people weren't expecting him to have the year he did. Um, I mean, he finished, what was this, top five in passing yards, second to only Mahomes in touchdowns, and second to only Big Ben in pass attempts. And that's insane for to think what he had to overcome. Didn't he have, like, special treatment in Europe or whatever? I mean, this guy's been through it all with his shoulder. But he's he has a healthy offseason. And he's got a ton of weapons now. I mean, last year, the wide receiver position outside of T.Y. Hilton was just kind of laughable. I mean, Zach Pascal, uh, Ryan Griffin. No, not Ryan Griffin. What's his name? <sighs> See, I don't even know his name. Do you know who I'm talking about? The short guy? Um, Ryan, Ryan Grant. There it is. Grant, yes. Ryan Grant. Grant was there. But, I mean, now they have Paris Campbell in there, Devin Funches, Deion Kane, maybe in, like, November-ish. Eric Ebron's there, like he was last year. Jack Doyle's coming back. Marlon Max leading the backfield. Naheem Hines had a good year last year. Great O-line. It's a great team. It's a great overall team. And then you throw in the fact that Andrew Luck had zero rushing touchdowns. Now, you talked about the rushing touchdowns with Patrick Mahomes. But I think it's really a good indicator that a lot of QBs, uh, their fantasy stats or their points per game have been like padded by rushing touchdowns. If you look at Kirk Cousins in his last three years in Washington, he had great fantasy seasons, and he had a minimum of four rushing touchdowns in each of those seasons. So for Andrew Luck to have zero rushing touchdowns and still finish in the top five, which, by the way, the only other quarterback who did that was Russell Wilson, who finished, at least last year, in the top ten with no rushing touchdowns. So... And Luck's been a guy who's had three or four rushing touchdowns every year. So uh, there's a lot to like about Andrew Luck, and he did that without the help of the rushing touchdowns, which I think is huge for some quarterbacks. So that's my case for Andrew Luck. I know there's the, the worry about the shoulder. Maybe he can re-injure that shoulder. But he also is not running the ball as much as he used to. And he's not putting himself in those situations like he used to before. Yeah, so so, so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll address Luck real quick just so we can skip on him when we get to, to me. But I, I, I like yeah. him. I, I'm not going to ever rip on Andrew Luck. I, I've always liked Andrew Luck. Um, I still always have a little bit of worry of, you know, is he going to – is this <laughs> shoulder thing going to come back? Or, and that's reasonable. You know, he was gone for some Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you got to have a little bit 
of a worry on that. You can't just think, oh, you know, this is this is a guy that's going to avoid all kind of long term injury of the shoulder. You got to worry mm-hmm. about it. But I think that for one year, so if you're talking just 2019, he's a top four lock to me. And I think most people think I'm very, very undervaluing him when I put him at like number four. And for me, he is my number four. You'll find out in a minute. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, to me, new coaching staff, they're going to get back to throwing TDs. Uh, you got a, a guy in Devontae Adams that was number one or number two, depending on the data you looked at in, in 2018 for consistency. He's a beast. Aaron Rodgers helped make him into the beast he is, but he is a beast. You can't separate situation from player or talent from yeah. situation. He is what he is. Aaron, Adams is a top one to two wide receiver in fantasy football. He just is. Minimum is 15 fantasy points per game. Yeah, he's no, he's he's consistent. He's a beast. Now you have Geronimo Allison, Valdez Scantling debates going on left and right. Who's going to be the number two? Everyone thinks they know the answer. They're like they're they've got the the sports book almanac. No one knows yet who's going to be the number two. But I can tell you one thing. This is one of those weird, awkward handcuff wide receiver situations that rarely ever come up where. You can grab both at dirt cheap prices because no one knows, and one of those guys is going to get a thousand yards and five to like seven scores. So Aaron Rodgers has weapons, and and Aaron Jones is going to he's bulking up. He's taking the off season seriously. I think for the first time, this guy could stay healthy and 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 light the league on fire and become a steal in retrospect in fantasy football. This guy could have a top 10 running back season in the cards if he stays healthy. Health is the only concern at this point. And you have a dynamic offense. Aaron Rodgers will get back to 40 TDs. I think this is going to be a team that is Super Bowl contending, and they're going to have an amazing bounce back year. I freaking love Aaron Rodgers in the fourth round. The only reason I don't take him in the fourth round is half the time he doesn't. I don't make it that far because my addiction of drafting Pat Mahomes in the late third is so bad that I. I That's kick, what I was going to say. You I don't do get to Aaron Rodgers because you already have a quarterback. Yeah, no, but but if if I do decide, like if Kittle falls to me in the third round, love it. If Damian Williams falls to me in the third round, freaking love it. Uh, Aaron Jones, I sometimes will take in the third round. Although I love when people are not in the know. And they, they let Aaron Jones fall to me in the fourth. But 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 Aaron Rodgers in the fourth round is about as big a steal as you can find in that third or fourth round range. Because he can lead all QBs in scoring. He could compete with Pat Mahomes. These two guys, to me, and there's one other QB that I think are going to be above the rest in 2019. Luck can definitely be in that mix. But there are three guys that I'm targeting in almost every league. I want to own at least one of these three. And Aaron Rodgers is number two. And I think I knew who number three is. Now, um, so your top three, right? Let, let's just have a list so far. You have the list on the YouTube stream right now? I don't have the list. I can put a list up. That's a good idea. Um, I'll keep a – but the problem is I'll probably be putting my list on the screen. But mine would be yeah. uh, Mahomes. Mahomes and then Rodgers. A-Rod and then – go and ahead. I know who your third is. But we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So – I'm going to let my peeps know who I'm going to say, but go ahead. Yeah, so we have my top three, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers. We'll go to your number three right now just to keep the groove going. Okay. But, uh, I'm yeah, gonna, go ahead. I'm going to apologize in advance. Um, we have, a, we have new, a new rule here on the Fantasy Football Show. Every time we mention this guy's name, I ring the bell. So I apologize if this is loud, but it's Baker, Baker, touchdown maker. My number three, I just broke the bell. <laughs> Damn it. Broke I broke the rope off. 
Uh-oh. This happened during my live stream. On the podcast. He rang that bell. How many times did he ring that bell? A thousand? I don't know. A lot of times. But it, it was it, during my 24-hour straight live stream, I was going to ring it during every subscriber. We did not reach a thousand on that. I just launched the channel. It was high expectations. But I'm going to do it again in August because the, the show has exploded. Um, it took a long time to get it to where it was. Well, not a long time, it's six months, but I mean, it took a lot of hard work posting video after video and, and mm-hmm. man, people show up now. Like we've got 51 people in the room right now. It is an exploding show. And I have all of these fine folks here, uh, watching me right now to thank because this show is just going nuts, but I broke the bell. I got to fix it. It's just a little clip that puts this on, but now, well, I've already done it. Baker, Baker, touchdown maker. Okay. So <sighs> Baker Mayfield Reminds me a lot of Pat Mahomes heading into last year. And I can say that because Pat Mahomes was my number one bold prediction for 2018. Flat out. And I said he'd be a top five QB. And he was number one. So I feel like I have a little, I have, I have a good instinct for breakout QBs. I always kind of have. Baker Mayfield is screaming that same kind of, he, he smells exactly like Pat Mahomes. And Baker's in the kitchen cooking constantly. And Baker is going to cook all day on Sundays and and hand out TDs to Odell Beckham Jr., Nick Chubb, Landry, and Najoku to a tune that is very similar to the one that Papa Holmes that to that that degree that he's been dishing it out in Kansas City. It's gonna look very much the same. These are two of the most aggressive fantasy football offenses. In, in fantasy football, the most aggressive NFL offenses, too. Um, obviously, they go hand-in-hand. Hand. But to me, I think you could have a 37-40 to 40 TD passing season out of Baker Mayfield. You know, throw in three to four or five TDs. Overall, this guy's getting over 40 TDs. And he's going to have a monster year. He was very consistent from the point when he was starting on last year. There was a string of games you can look at where he was doing very, very, very well when compared to the other starters in the NFL. Um, I, I just, I, I think the Joku's going to eat. I think Odell's going to eat. These guys are constantly going to be fed by Baker Baker touchdown maker. And I see Odell Beckham jr. Finishing number one for fantasy football wide receivers in 2019. I think he's going to have 15 TDs of all of those Baker Baker touchdown maker touchdowns. Yeah. And I'm on the same board as you. I remember very early on the offseason. Baker was being drafted in, I think it was like ninth, 10th round. And that, those, those were good times. And I still definitely take him in like the 6th, 5th round. I don't even know where he's going right now. But uh, I feel like the biggest argument against Baker is the amount of interceptions he threw. But he was a rookie. I mean, he's got more weapons now than he had last year. And his second year in the league. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, he did have some uh, bad chemistry issues with Jarvis Landry. I mean, this guy had 141 targets and only 81 receptions on those targets. So, I mean, that that's that's another reason why I think Odo Beckham, like you said, can be a top guy. There's some people out there, I won't say who, but I think you know who I'm talking about, who say that you should stay away from Odo Beckham Jr. because Jarvis Landry is there. But I think you should stay away from Jarvis Landry because Odell Beckham is there. And not that you should even stay away from Jarvis Landry because he's going to be that starting slot wide receiver and very good offense. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm totally on board with Baker. I have him a little lower 
just because, look, it, it's still the Browns, and I know it's not the same Browns team that we're all used to, but I just want to see them go out and prove it. I, I'm not doubting that it can go out and prove it, but I just want to see it before I put them that high. You're, you're a bolder guy. I know you have no problem putting them that high, but I like to be a little safer sometimes. I fly close to the sun, as I told you before. I'm not afraid of it. You only live once. <laughs> Um, but you know, and for those that are new or for your follow, for your followers or listeners, um, I'm not some new guy in the industry. I've been doing this 15 years. I'm on CBS sports radio. Uh, and I have been dropping bold predictions on CBS sports radio and NBC sports radio for 15 years. And I have a track record for this and you can view that track record at sleeperu.com. You can ask the people on the forum and they'll bark back at you if you want to try and, and tell them that, that, you know, I'm not going to land this or land that. They've been following me for, for 15 years and they, they absolutely love the content. The bold stuff is the reason I got into the industry to begin with is I was tired of in February, Joey. I would be looking for top 20 QB rankings, top 20 running back rankings. And all of my friends back, this is a long time ago, all my friends would be like, you're crazy. Why do you want to draft? Why do you want to do this now? I want to do the draft now. I wanted to draft instead of August. I want to draft in March. You know, and there was no content out there. There weren't a lot of dynasty leagues even back then. But I created this because of my love for trying to be ahead of the curve, trying to be way ahead of the season trying to talk about this stuff all the time. And so I think that's why I get so immersed in some of the rising and falling of players is because I never shut it down. A lot of content people in the fantasy football industry will actually like kick it back into gear in June and July. Like I'm literally in February or even January writing for 2019, talking about the breakouts, bull predictions and all that. And, and for me, Baker Mayfield is, is I, I, I can't, I can't emphasize enough that I have a gut feeling that, that this guy backed up by by predictions I've landed in the past to prove that this gut instinct should be listened to a gut instinct that this guy is going to be just as explosive. And even though people kind of see him coming, like people kind of saw Mahomes coming, coming, people are going to be very upset that they're not on the Baker uh, train heading into 2019. And we all do so many leagues, Joey, take a gamble in one of them. That's my advice to anybody. It's not like you play in one league anymore. You want to own some shares because it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, I mean, said just about all you said about Big Today. <laughs> but I love it. I love the passion. I love the fact that you've been doing this for so long. And uh, it really shows because you know, I, everything you say is articulate and stuff like that. You definitely, I know you have the history with the bold prediction. So hopefully we can keep that going. Um, I'm all on board with Baker, just like you. I just have him a little more down under two guys. So I want to jump over a couple guys real quick. So I'm just going to talk about them like briefly. If there's anything you want to add, just because I want to see how many guys we can actually go over. Okay, no problem. So Deshaun Watson, I have him at number four. I mean, not too much to really add. Hopefully that offensive line can be improved and he can do even better than he has been doing. Last year was his first year off ACL, and uh, now he's two years from the ACL. He's healthy going into the season. I mean, great mobile quarterback. He's still got DeAndre Hopkins there. Not, not too much to hate about Deshaun Watson. Definitely love him in the top five. Um, Matt Ryan's my number five, and mainly because I know a lot of people say the uh, – 
the pattern with Matt Ryan is every other year he'll finish outside the top 10, outside the top 15. Like, so last year he was the number two quarterback. So the trend, supposedly, is for Matt Ryan to finish outside the top 15, top 10. But with Matt Ryan this year, it's different because he has an offensive corner that he's familiar with. And this is a guy who led the Buccaneers to one of the best offenses in the league. Maybe not a great head coach, but he's a great offensive coordinator. He's familiar with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's familiar with him. Matt Ryan's got a ton of weapons. And another interesting fact about Matt Ryan is how well he plays in a dome, more specifically at home, but also just in a dome in general. So last year, Matt Ryan in a dome averaged 25.8 points per game. Do you know how many points per game Patrick Mahomes averaged last year? Uh, depending on the scoring, but in your specific scoring, what was it? 26. Okay. So at home slash in a dome, Matt Ryan had 0.2 less points per game than Patrick Mahomes. Now, looking into 2019, Matt Ryan has 13 games in a dome. Um, obviously, that's not what we want to base our whole season off. But if you factor that in with being familiar with the offensive corner, I have no problem with Matt Ryan finishing as a top five quarterback. So, uh, yeah, that, those are my takes on Deshaun Watson and Matt Ryan. Is there anything you wanted to add on either of those two guys? Um, okay, so I turned to uh, – someone was saying you had a little bit of echo. Uh, can you guys hear him any longer or was he was he going away? Um, uh, we'll find out on your next one. Okay. So – Okay. <laughs> I, honestly, you know, it's hard to, to argue anybody arguing for or in favor of Matt Ryan because the stats are there, the offense is there, they're going to pass more in 2019. Um, you've got Calvin Ridley ready to explode. Um, I think that the changing in the guard is going to happen at some point with, um, you know, probably heading into next year where we're going to start talking about how Ridley's going to be the next Juju Smith-Schuster. I really strongly believe that. So when you have a you know a QB or a wide receiver in Julio Jones that it easily has one year left, um, and we can talk about next year whether he's still got another year and another year. I think he's one of those players with that foot. I'm always kind of concerned, um, but I think Julio being a top five wide receiver, Ridley playing like a top ten wide receiver here and there, and maybe even finishing close to that good and showing us signs of being that good, and Freeman being a good pass catching back. How can Matt Ryan not have top five? wide receiver or QB numbers. It's really hard. He's just one of those guys that's hard, kind of like T.Y. Hilton, to rank where you probably should rank them. Or Adam Thielen, for example. Those are two wide receivers that are, are not like sexy picks and you always like don't want to pick them as high as you probably should. I think Matt Ryan's right there. Um, it's really hard to argue. I have, Pat, I have Watson, number five. Um, but then I'm starting to think Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan are, are, are probably my next two. Okay, so you have Russell Wilson as your, that would be six? Uh, yeah, I'd say six. Okay, so I have Russell Wilson at nine, which is a little lower. I have Carson Wentz at seven and Camp Newton at eight. So uh, let's just go over Russell Wilson because we talked about him before. Now, it's for me personally, obviously Russell Wilson has been a great fantasy quarterback over the years. Uh, last year was a little different. He was still a great fantasy quarterback, but this is now a run-first offense, and they proved that last year. They did not stop running the ball with Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, Mike Davis, and um, it, it did hurt Wilson's 
stats a little bit because over the years he's been a guy to, as we know, rack up those rushing yards and those rushing touchdowns. Last year he had zero rushing touchdowns. And when I was talking about luck earlier, right, I mean, that's something that can change. If Wilson runs in the ball two or three more times, then maybe we're talking about Russell Wilson as a top six guy instead of the number nine guy last year. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like they need to do that with Wilson. He's, and another thing about Wilson, he had 35 passing touchdowns on on 427 attempts, which isn't a whole lot to get that. I mean, the touchdown percentage on that between him and Lockett was ridiculous. That was, I don't want to say lucky because they were very consistent at what they did, but it's hard to think they're going to repeat exactly what they did last year, the connection between him and Lockett. And I, if they didn't have that strong of a oh, I hear the echo a little bit. But if they didn't have that strong of a connection last year, then I don't think Russell Wilson would have finished as the top 10 quarterback. So, I mean, I, I'm not betting on that for 2019. I have him a little lower, but I still have him in QB1 territory. So what, what's, what do you want to add about Russell Wilson? Um, okay, so Russell Wilson, he's just kind of a guy that I think, you know, he's he's proven. Um, I think that no matter what, whatever happens, format wide receiver, he kind of weathers through that. He's just a, a good running QB. Um, he's a good adapter to his environment and changing situation. And I think that you give him a DK Metcalf, I think that's going to do Russell Wilson some good. I don't know that DK is going to live up the expectations of everybody else. Um, I don't think he'll be a wide receiver one, but he'll be a ticket-selling machine. He'll be a, a good possession receiver when they need it near the red zone. Um, he'll get big plays. And I think you add you add in a player like that, it makes defenses uh, a little bit worried and scrambling and trying to contain him is going to really open things up for, for Wilson. So I think that by default, he's looking at uh, uh, more more time to throw the football. He'll make less mistakes, not that he makes a ton of mistakes to begin with, but I just think that it's going to help him, um, I think, get back to some of the numbers that he's used to seeing. But we'll see. I have Ryan right below him, so I have Watson at five, Wilson at six, and, and Ryan at seven. But to be completely honest, and Lockett, good comment by somebody that, you know, Lockett you know, could, could emerge. I, I don't think Lockett will be as good as everybody thinks as well because he – you know, he—I I don't know that he's going to command. He's going to get the the targets that he needs to thrive and be a you know fifth rounder or wherever people are drafting him. I've seen him go in the fifth round. I've seen him go in that one time in the fourth round. People are crazy taking him that early. But if he does move to the slot, I don't know if he's moved to the slot yet or if they decided that or if he's going to. That should offer, uh, create some more opportunities for him. Um, he was ultra consistent. Lockett was—I'm sorry—ultra productive given the small amount of targets he had. But that always you know, worries me with a wide receiver uh, because if a wide receiver is ultra-productive with a low amount of targets, you can't really extrapolate that over you know, and say, oh, this guy is going to then be a monster when he gets more targets. You're more so saying, hey, he doesn't get targeted a lot, and if he's not ultra-productive, he won't have those stouts that he had the year prior. So Lockett's a curious case, and I just I think that uh, – I think you can't go wrong from five to seven to even eight, man. I mean, even Roethlisberger, who I'm going to name down the way, he could be number five. This five to ten range is very cloudy. Yeah, and one more thing I want to add about Lockett real quick. Yeah. I know we're talking about QBs, but Lockett was the only wide receiver in the top 31 finish last year to have less than 90 targets. So, I mean, it's... 
absolutely crazy what he did with 71 targets right finish and that's a red flag unless that player looks like he's on the verge of becoming this player that everybody thinks he's going to be or he has a chance but he's not he's kind of that guy that's been there and Mm -hmm. i i think that's a sign to me that expectations of lockett will be too high because he has Mm -hmm. to deliver on that limited target share and just because baldwin's gone i don't know that that opens it up we got dk now so i just think it's going to be the same and I think it kind of goes both ways to where that's a red flag for Russell Wilson as well because he's the one throwing those passes. So, I mean, if they're both not ultra-productive, they both lose value. So that that's my feeling on Russell Wilson. Um, some of the other guys we were talking about, Carson Wentz is the guy you mentioned, right? I haven't yet, but he's definitely a guy. I think uh, Ben Roethlisberger I talked about. Big Ben. How, where do you have Big Ben? That, that's the thing, man. I mean, every time I do, if anybody says that their rankings aren't all over the place, even a so-called expert, they're crazy because <laughs> I can do my rankings the next day, and I literally am like, why do I have that guy there? <laughs> why, why is Big Ben so low on my rankings? Like, that's the I do my rankings so much, that's what happens. I, I literally am looking at my rankings right now that I did a couple days ago, and I'm thinking to myself, Big Ben's a little low. Um, but I, I think this next yeah. – uh, so I have seven was Ryan. The the next eight to twelve for eight to thirteen for me, you could almost <laughs> toss in a blender, and you could even say that Winston's in this group too. You could even say Goff is in this group. It's so hard to say that, that the guy at fifteen can't be the guy at eight. But I think Drew Brees still needs to be in the conversation for being the eight to ten. Tom Brady, I think people are writing off completely, and I think he's a good like guy outside the top ten, a guy you can take in double digit rounds that could finish. You know, around that range. But for me, I think it's Drew Brees. I think it's between Carson Wentz and Ben Roethlisberger for the next two spots. But I'm ranking Drew Brees at eight. I think that's still a bargain. I think he still has the potential to really produce awesome stats in 2019. I think it's not too much to ask to, to rank him at eight. I know some people like don't even want him at all. But I don't get that. I don't get why Brees doesn't have the potential. Now, it's going on Brees a little bit. I, I'm i not too hot on Breeze. Um, I have him at number 10. But I still have him But I'm not too hot not having bad. him at 10. You know what I mean? Like, it's Drew Breeze. And, you know, it, it's crazy that if you look at his points last year, right? Let's look at the first five weeks. 31, 17, 48, 27. And then even weeks 9 through 11, you got 31, 28, 30. And then you kind of have this mess from after week 12. You have 7, 13, 5, 16, which for, for Drew Brees is a mess. And that kind of continued into the playoffs. I mean, he just, he just didn't look like himself in the playoffs. And, um, I mean, he also finished with four rushing touchdowns, which is very unusual for Drew Brees. He's not usually a guy who finishes with over two rushing touchdowns. So that kind of buffs his points up a little bit. And with all that, he still finished as the number eight quarterback. So for him to finish as the number eight guy, I, I do have him a little lower. I'm not too big of a fan of Breeze going into So n- name name your five to ten, and then I'll name my five to ten and clarify. Okay, so my five to ten, uh, Matt Ryan five, Baker six, Carson Wentz seven, Cam eight, Russell Wilson nine, and Drew Breeze ten. Okay. So I had, uh, and I'll read them all over again, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, Andrew Luck are my top four. Deshaun Watson, then it's uh, uh, Russell Wilson, 
Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's deserving a five. Like, honestly, I'm not trying to disrespect yeah, Matt Ryan there. These guys are so yeah. incredibly Breeze, Especially once we get past his top ten. It's Breeze at eight. Roethlisberger at nine. I still think he's going to do very, very well. He's got Juju Smith-Schuster taking the place of, of Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger did very well together before Juju got there. I think they can still get the same kind of production out of Roethlisberger with Juju taking over as that wide receiver one. I don't understand why everyone thinks that you take AB out, but Juju was never as good as he's going to be right now. He's going to get better and better and better. And then Jalen Samuels is an excellent wide receiver, um, and he and he's going to be all over the field because that running backs coach coached him in college at NC State, and he loves Jalen Samuels. He'll put him all over the field. This is going to be a very very tough offense to stop. I don't agree with anybody that thinks that Pittsburgh's not going to do well. Um, so I like Rothy at nine. I think Rothy's a steal. And then my, my surprise 10 is Kyler Murray. I know that's crazy for a rookie QB to, to slide into my top 10s, my top 10 rankings. But I think Kyler Murray is going to be ultra productive in running quarterbacks, score a lot of points in fantasy football. We, we, we saw evidence of that with, with the Josh Allen and how good Josh Allen played probably better than any one, you know, at least top two or three QB, depending on the stats you look at from the second half, like on, he was amazing. Uh, so yeah. I think Kyler Murray in that spread out attack that is going to be Kingsbury knows what he's doing. He's put the right pieces in the right places. And I think that David Johnson, Fitzgerald running two, uh, uh, two slot wide receiver sets all the time, spreading things out like crazy is going to help Kyler Murray make less mistakes, slow the game down a little bit for him, allow him to run constantly because they're so spread out and then dj how do you stop dj kyler murray is going to have a very very productive rookie year and i think he he can be had later than 10 so please use adp to your advantage don't take some of these guys if you don't have to at this ranking so for example mayfield is not going number three he's going like four or five but you don't have to take him that high kyler murray is not going at 10 you don't have to take him that high roethlisberger and Breeze and even Brady, who I'll name later, are going so late. Use ADP to your advantage. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to add about Big Ben, I'm really not too hot on Big Ben. I have him outside my top 15, and that sounds a little crazy, but he's not traditionally a guy who finishes top three in fantasy. He's a guy who's finished past the top 10 just about every single year. He's had select years where he's gone into that top 10 role, but one of the biggest reasons I'm off on Big Ben going to next year is the fact that last year he led the league with 675 pass attempts, which is absolutely insane. I'm, I know what you're saying about Antonio Brown, and I'm not arguing that Juju Smith going to that role is less and that he can't be successful because of it. I just think the reason Big Ben throws 675 passes last year is because he has Antonio Brown and Juju Smith. I think, yes, you have other guys who can step into that role. You have James Washington, um, you got Dante Moncrief, even Vance McDonald, or I don't even know who else they got. As wide receivers, they got the rookie that drafted, Deontay Johnson. But um, I, if it's not A.B. and Juju, I don't think you throw 675 passes. And if you don't throw 675 passes, if ben, Big Ben's throwing what he usually does, which is under 600, around 600, um, maybe even less, then you don't have a top five fantasy quarterback. And I'm not saying you're calling him top five fantasy quarterback. This is a guy who's getting older and older. He's had a ton of injuries in his career. He's a guy who almost retired a couple of years ago. I, there's, 
I'm a little skeptic on Big Ben. Well, the great news is that people like like you were doubting him, so that makes him fall into a range where you can take him and Brady (laughs) together. Um, I like nothing more than if I do miss out on one of the top three QBs that I like, so Mahomes, Rodgers, or Mayfield, or Luck if I have to take Luck. And I I like Watson, but if if I miss out on one of my big three, I have in one draft so far drafted Brady and Roethlisberger together. Um, and, And I feel very confident in my QB position given that I've stacked up at other positions. And that's a great approach if you do want to wait on the QB in 2019 because Roethlisberger can be a very good matchup play. And he, he's been known to have those six TD games on occasion. Not that you can predict those for most players, but I'm just saying he is that kind of QB that in the right matchup, you could go and, and get you know high-end QB one numbers. Yeah, could he dip it at times this year? Maybe. But I just don't, I, I don't think they're going to be that far off. I think Roethlisberger doesn't have to throw that many times. There's other way, you know, he could he could have more touchdowns. I, I don't know. I think it'll wash. I think he'll do okay. I think he'll have top 5 to 10 QB numbers in 2019, so he's a bargain at the later half of that top 10. Well, you know, it, it's good that we all have different opinions. Yeah. Because what, what would fantasy be if we all had the same opinion? You know what I mean? Was, I, I agree. These shows would be pointless. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, you brought up Todd Tom Brady before, and I just want to go back to Tom Brady real quick. I am a Patriots fan. Uh, are you in Arizona? I know you live in Arizona. You, you're a Cardinals fan, right? Uh, I'm a car. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Cardinal fan. But honestly, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that that I they're the team that you know needs to win on Sunday, or I can't. You know, or I get sick to my stomach. I root mm-hmm. for my fantasy team before I root for any single NFL and, team. It could because yeah. I got into this business without you know, or I got into, got into- fantasy football. In 1993, so I've been playing longer than I think anybody I've ever run into in either the business or especially on Instagram because nobody's been playing that long. But in 1993, when I when I started playing, I wasn't big on the NFL, and that gave me an advantage because I walked in being a fantasy football fan before I walked in, you know, being an NFL fan, and that's helped me be very objective. And I don't have a lot of bias in anything that I say. I live in Arizona, and everyone knows. I think you're going to hint at Nikhil Harry. Uh, everyone knows how high I'm, I am on Nikhil Harry. But you could also look back at all my my stuff, and I don't think I have ever really talked about an ASU player ever in a video or a bull prediction or anything. So I don't. I'm not biased whatsoever. But Nikhil Harry, I believe, is going to be a top one to four fantasy football wide receiver in one to two years. Yeah, and I definitely love Nikhil Harry as a player, and I, I you know, I, I can get on board with what you're saying. But what I wanted to bring about Tom Brady is that, like you said, he's being really undervalued last year. And let me ask you, where did Tom Brady finish in 2017? Right? Uh, you tell me, because you probably got it right in front of you. I, I don't, but from what I know and what I remember, he was a top three, top five quarterback. I'm sure he was. Now, 2018, right? Going into last year, Mm -hmm. Tom Brady was the number 14 quarterback. But the difference between those two years is so small. I mean, the attempts, 2017, 581. uh, um, Yeah, 2018, 570 attempts. Uh, The yardage was less than 200, well, a little over 200 difference. The touchdowns, three touchdowns apart. He had, like, three more interceptions in 2007. Like, the actual stats difference between those two years is very very minuscule and he actually had two extra rushing touchdowns this uh, this uh past year as well so i think the fact that tom brady finishes the 14th quarterback 
was really, really in part of a crazy NFL season in terms of passing yards, passing touchdowns, just a crazy offensive year in the NFL. Tom Brady stayed relatively close to what he usually does. And similar to the stats he had, he finished as a top three, top five quarterback just two years ago with very similar stats. So if you expect, and now look, I know he's 42. He's good. Yeah. He's going to be 42 when the season starts. He lost Gronk and those are all reasons to take him down. But I mean, there, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, Josh McDaniels, and you know, they're going to find a way, whether it's dumping the ball off to James White and having him running in for a touchdown or, Edelman in the middle, using Nikhil Harry on the outside, or wherever they decide to play him, they're going to find a way to get it done. And that's why I'm higher on Tom Brady than some other people. Yeah, I've got, and just so we can wrap wrap it all into this, so um, I I have Carson Wentz at 11. I have Mm -hmm. Jameis Winston and Tom Brady kind of at that 12 or 13 spot. So I'm I'm also kind of high on Tom Brady. Again, why I pair him to Roethlisberger in that late QB strategy. Um, my 14 is really between Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Jared Goff, um, you know, Rivers, Trubisky, Garoppolo. Like that really kind of rounds out my my 11 to 20. But honestly, it's so hard to say that Rivers couldn't be 13 or fall out completely. It's hard for me to say Goff deserves to be at 16 when he's got three wide receivers that people argue constantly who is the best one and then they draft that best one in the fourth round they have really good wide receivers on that Rams <laughs> roster and somehow Goff I admittedly rank him lower than I should because 16 feels awfully low for a guy with those weapons and with the guy in Daryl Henderson that I think is going to explode um but it's hard it's, sometimes it's just hard to rank a guy like Goff higher when you like Josh Allen more when you still see Tom Brady as an asset you still see Winston as a guy that can, you know, in this offense, the amount of times that they're going to throw, that that how is Winston not a top seven QB when Winston's going to have Godwin and Evans looking like Evans is going to be a top five wide receiver and Godwin everybody's predicting to be a top 15 wide receiver. So how the hell, and OJ Howard, how the hell is Winston not higher on my rankings? I admit this. It's hard to rank QBs. And when people rip on it in a post, you're on Instagram, I'm on Instagram, people do it in the comments, and they say, how the hell, this is the worst rankings I've ever seen, how do you, how the hell do you have Winston number, uh, you know, 14, if you were to change it based on that guy's comment and say, you know what, let me move him for you, just let's just say you did that to be nice, you move him up to 8, then you have somebody message you that would say, why the hell is Winston number 8, your rankings suck, you're an idiot. (laughs) It's it's subjective, and you won't find one person on this planet that probably has the same rankings as you in a top 20. Yeah, and you know what's crazy about last year as well? I mean, I've been talking about this a ton, but the difference between the quarterbacks last year was, like, let's see, the I, I think we were talking about this last, last time in the podcast, but the difference between, I think it was, uh, one second, thought I was prepared. Um, so yeah, so the difference between the number 13 quarterback and the number 24, 25 quarterback was like less than two points in terms of points per game. Mm-hmm. And that's just insane. These are, that's like, that's a lot of guys that are just really, really close to each other in terms so, of how efficient they are. 
So, and I think that could be applied to this year as well. A lot of quarterbacks can be really close. It's it's almost impossible. The hardest position to rank by far is is Brady your number eleven? Is that what you said then? Um, I I have Brady at like thirteen, no fourteen. I have Brady at fourteen, but I you know a, a lot of people have him like close to eighteen, nineteen, twenty. So I have him a little higher than some other people. We both have him pretty high, but. Uh, yeah, I just want to include him. So did you want to read your, your 11 through 20 or, or however you wanted to do it? I, I didn't quite yeah. catch yours. So, yeah, so let's just let's just read you know up to 20, and then from there we'll just talk about a bunch of guys and go over who we can. Uh, and we'll touch on Carson Wentz a little bit. Carson Wentz and Cam Newton because we didn't really go over them. Do you mind touching on the, the Melvin Gordon topic after? Because that was something somebody was talk, was wanted to talk about again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. After, after we finish with QBs, I have no problem going over that. But, um, yeah, so Jared Goff, 11, Jameis Winston, 12, Dak, 13, Tom Brady, 14, Kyler Murray, 15. Uh, then it goes Rivers, Allen, Cousins, Ben, and Trubisky. Okay. Although I'm very, uh, very close to putting Sam Darnold in over Trubisky, but it's – it's close, but I, I do like Trubisky as well. So, And like I said, the numbers you can't even think about too much because these guys are so incredibly close to each other. I You could put this a 100 different ways, and you're still going to get a whole bunch of guys that are very, very close to each other at the end of the year. So um, let's touch on Carson Wentz. I mean, yeah. this is a guy who's been very, very efficient. He's been very good when he's been healthy, and he's been very good when he's been on the field. And... His back issues, I talked to a guy, uh, Dr. Nathan, Fantasy Docs, shout out to him. But he was talking about his back issue and, and how it's something that can be managed and there's a very small chance of him actually having symptoms again. So as of right now, it looks like Carson Wentz is in the clear in terms of injuries. There's, there can always be something to come up in the future, but he's got a ton of weapons between the two tight ends, he's got Deshaun Jackson there, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, or Arcega-Arcega, I don't even know how to say it. And then you got Nelson Aguilar, who, you know, he could be traded soon, but either way. And then you have the running backs. You have Jordan Howard, you have rookie Miles Sanders, Corey Clement. This is a very good team with a very good offensive line as well. So there's a lot to like about Carson Wentz. And this is still a secondary that's struggling too. So they could be forced into some shootouts as well there's, there's a lot to like about wins the biggest question for everybody is if he's healthy but, yeah uh, i think that's yeah. the biggest question for me can carson went stay healthy um i think he he was looking like a potential top five qb at one point heading into his injury and i think uh you know everyone was hoping they are still are hoping that he can can show that kind of talent i think eventually and and i i'm holding out hope for it but and that's why um you know, we'll see. Uh, I didn't list – Wentz was – I'm sorry if I didn't even mention it. Wentz was uh, number 11 for me, I believe, and I didn't uh, mention it out because I had it on my phone here. Sorry about that. So let me put that on the screen here because everyone's going to flip out while Wentz wasn't even listed on that uh, when I read off the remainder because I skipped over Wentz. So I'll put Wentz there so everybody knows. Um, Wentz to me is uh, – he's borderline 10-ish for me. Um, I think that that he has the potential to be top five to ten in the future, but I want to see him do it first before I can rank him ahead of, especially in like Dynasty Kyler instead of in redraft mm-hmm. Rothy Breeze 
and Ryan because those guys I feel are just more secure. But in a dynasty league, you would see Wentz go from 11 here all the way probably up to number six because I think and Rodgers would fall down, but I think Rodgers, because he can win now, it'd still be around the top six for me just because I would want to win now, and I have that mentality sometimes in leagues. But I think that you're talking about Wentz being pretty safely nestled in there with Kyler Murray probably in that top six in Dynasty. Yeah, I mean, definitely reasons to be a higher in Wentz in Dynasty. Um, but another guy you're really high on in Dynasty is Kyler Murray. You have him at 10, right? Yeah, for redraft, I have him at 10. I think he's you know definitely got top five to you know six, top seven potential. Um, and uh, I got a, I got someone saying, why do you have in the capital letters Mayfield so high? You're better than this. <laughs> well, Anthony, uh, people <laughs> told me to people told me that last year with Mahomes, Anthony. So why don't you circle back then? And 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 Anthony. Your opinion doesn't have to match my opinion. You just because you feel differently about a player, no one's right or wrong yet. So it's 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 hilarious though that uh, that you feel like you know for sure what's going to happen, Anthony. But uh, we'll find out. Circle back. I still appreciate you, but that's pretty hilarious. Um, but when, yeah, where's so- Wentz rank on your top ten? Or, or your to- I'm sorry, your dynasty is he in your top five to ten? As far as quarterbacks, yeah, absolutely in, in dynasty. Yeah, and I mean, where's where does Kyler Murray rank in your dynasty rankings? Would he be top ten for quarterbacks? Yeah, quarterbacks for sure. Okay, I, so I you're just not high on him this year as much. Yeah, and you know what? It's really just about like, look, if air raid works, if we go into the season and air raid works 100 percent effective, they run however many plays they want to do. It was like 90 they said they wanted to do per game. If they if Air Raid works, Kyler Murray is locked as a top ten quarterback at least, maybe top five, right? Even as a rookie. Then you have guys like David Johnson you have to put really high. You have Christian Kirk and some other wide receivers you gotta put in the top twenty. But like Baker Mayfield broke the rookie touchdown record last year with twenty seven as far as passing touchdowns. In the Super Bowl era, over 50 years, no rookie quarterback has ever thrown for 27 passing touchdowns and, or more. And, and, and Anthony wasn't here for the beginning, obviously, because he asked me, why do I have yeah. Baker Mayfield number three? You clearly weren't here when I talked about it. But it, it's just as you said, how well he did. And he did that while he was learning. He did that when he didn't have Odell Beckham Jr. And Anthony, I hope this ruffles your feathers even more. But I have Odell Beckham Jr., you missed it, as finishing as the number one wide receiver in 2019. And uh, that's 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 how good I think Baker Mayfield and this Cleveland Browns team are going to be in 2019. Everybody crapped on my Mahomes prediction. And, and those people, I've never circled back to discuss that. So we'll see what happens. As you said... Amazing rookie year for a guy thrown in the situation he was thrown in. Right when he came in, he commanded that offense, and Browns fans were like, "We have a future," you know. Well, and it, what, I, what I was trying to get with with that was I was referring to Murray. I was talking about how Baker's the first quarterback to throw for twenty seven touchdowns as a rookie, and if we're estimating that Kyler Murray can be a top ten quarterback in 
2019, he's going to need more than 27 touchdowns to do that. Well, I he's going to have a lot. Kyler Murray's going to run a lot. Running, like just like Josh Allen. No, you know. I, I know running is definitely going to help. I mean, it's not going to help. It's going to be a big. It's going to be a big reason, though. Just like if you look at Josh mm-hmm. Allen, his passing numbers weren't going to get him where they got him. And if you look at Josh Allen, he ranked really high like in the top five for a certain span during the end of last year as he was no, running and- for massive amounts of yards. So I think Kyler Murray, and I'm not necessarily saying you're going to be wrong. I'm just saying that <laughs> Kyler Murray doesn't. He's he's going to have so much running potential and scoring potential on the ground that he can. I he know can, that. But if you look at the air raid system, they're going to have four wide receivers. You have David Johnson in the backfield. And that offensive line, although better, how much improved is it? Like the offensive system itself is a lot better. But that offensive line still isn't. But it's it's me average at best. But I, but here, I just don't know if there's going to be a ton of opportunity for Kyler Murray to run. But in a certain system, an offensive line can play a lot worse than it can than than it's capable of playing. And if That's you look back to Kurt Warner system. using Arizona as an example, look back to Kurt Warner during Kurt Warner's amazing reign in Arizona. They didn't have the best offensive line ever either, but his quick release and his style created almost a sense of a fake false uh, 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 offensive line improvement because defenses had to back off and try and cover that attack, that that Kurt Warner spread out fast release um, arsenal that he unleashed every Sunday. In that air raid offense, it will be so spread out, that's going to change the dynamic of the line and their ability to block and their ability to look a lot better and more efficient. That's the way that happens in the NFL when you don't sometimes you think you have a really, really bad offensive line. You change your scheme and you change everything about your your offense and it can it can definitely I don't want to say mask your problems, but it can it can definitely make defenses play differently against you, which will not have you looking as bad. You throw a Rosen back there, it's this offense would be garbage. Absolute garbage. But look what Kingsbury did. I have so much faith in him off of the boldness and the balls he had to cut bait on Josh Rosen, change change directions, and grab a guy like Kyler Murray who's going to change the franchise forever. I'm real excited about how different this team's going to look, and I'm even talking about the offensive line. And so the rushing thing is, I guess, would be the argument to have him in the top ten. But my biggest thing is I don't know if he's going to have the opportunity to do so. Because even if this air raid offense works, I mean, you got four wide receiver sets. You want to run 90 plays a game. Sure, there's – but when you get close to the goal line, you have David Johnson back there. It's it's much better to do – I, I don't know. I, I just can't see myself putting Kyler Murray in the top 10. I think top 15 is good for me. It, but like, It's bold. Before, I agree it's bold. I agree that more people are going to agree with you than they're going to agree with me on it. Um, so I, I think you have that going for you on that, but I think that, uh, I think that we'll have a fun, a fun thing to talk about. I think week two, week three, week four, once he gets a little bit settled, we'll see how good he does in week one. Um, but, but you know what, what, you know what I will say is I think Kyler Murray towards the second half of the season is going to be undeniably a quarterback one. And that's the confusing thing about rankings, right? Because I could have Kyler Murray at fifteen. But that's just where we think he's going to end up. I mean, towards the end of the season, Josh Allen was the number one QB in the last four weeks or so. And, I mean, that, that's a, that's what happens with rookie quarterbacks a lot. They 
takes him a little bit to get started. I mean, that's what happened with Baker. Yeah. And more so because the offensive coordinator changed. But just because I have Kyler Murray at 15, it doesn't, it doesn't mean I don't think he can do it. I think towards the end, the second half of the season, we're going to see Kyler Murray as a top-five quarterback. But if you're looking at the season as a whole, I, I see him finishing around 15. So Can we talk about it. Melvin Gordon before, uh, before we wrap up here? Yeah, so let me let's talk about one more guy real quick. Okay, I'll wrap sure. Up and we'll go over Gordon real quick. So I just, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Uh, we'll talk about Cam Newton. Let's just throw Cam Newton in there. Now, I mean, <laughs> I have him in the top ten. Where where do you have Cam Newton? Um, I I it didn't put him on my list after Carson Wentz at eleven. Uh, I kind of left it. Uh, Let's see. I, I think I yeah I kind of left it as as almost a blender type situation, but I think he was around thirteen or fourteen, which I think he could easily outperform. I'm not again. That's why I feel like it's it's blender type material from from nine, maybe even eight down to almost eighteen or seventeen. Really, I could see my seventeen. I could see golf going all the way up to number you know nine, but I have him at sixteen. Yeah, I mean, once it gets past 10, a lot of these guys are extremely close. But uh, Cam, I'll just go over Cam real quickly and we'll close this out. But Cam is someone I believe that now that he's passed the shoulder issue, he's had uh, a shoulder issue in the past, I believe, and he had surgery on it. And next year he came back and he was a top five quarterback. Um, I, I don't know. I, he's got weapons. He's got DJ Moore. Greg Olson's coming back, which, you know, is, is he really back? But the biggest thing is Chris McCaffrey in that backfield. And with his shoulder issue, he's going to have to rely on Chris McCaffrey more than he did last year. And that's not really too much of an issue. I mean, when, when Cam Newton was healthy, he was a top-five quarterback. And uh, is the rushing going to be there? Maybe he'll be a little more hesitant. Sure, but that's why I have him at eight as opposed to a top-five. So. Yeah, I mean, Cam, I could go either way. I, honestly, I don't know what else to add other than, you know, we'll see what happens. He needs some development with those wide receivers. But but uh, I, I see no reason why he can't have a big year or a bad year. I'm just I'm kind of staying away from him. I think I'm indifferent. Yeah, and I, I think another thing, too, is that uh, that NFC, that NFC South, I mean, those defenses last year, it, it's just – it's just born for shootouts in, the, in that division. So a uh, couple reasons like Cam, a couple reasons to hate him, one being the injury. But uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, thank you for joining. That was their quarterback rankings. I'm going to be going over running back rankings pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, so if you guys aren't already, make sure you're following the Fantasy Football Show on Instagram. We're on YouTube right now. We're going to. I'm going to stay on with him for a little bit. We talk about Melvin Gordon and some other guys, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, thanks for joining. Is there anything you wanted to add on the podcast? Um, if they want to uh, uh, watch the end of this and hear us talk about Gordon or want to you know, rewatch that, tell them to uh, youtube.com slash thefantasyfootballshow. They can also find me at thefantasyfootballshow.com or sleeperu.com. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I, I, I didn't mean to throw you for a loop and, and go live here, but <laughs> we'll promote the podcast for you, so that, that should be good and, uh, yeah, and help get this uh, more listens. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, guys, you guys on the podcast, I'll see you guys later. All right. 
Okay, so, so we still got we got a big room. We got sixty four people in the room. For some reason, I only see forty three thumbs up though, guys. That's not uh, balanced, please. So <laughs> please hit more hit that thumbs up button if you haven't already. If I'm helping you at all, if this show has brought you any value at all, please hit that thumbs up. Okay, so uh, a couple topics, and then I'll let you go, and we'll wrap up this show. But this I've been doing I was doing a little bit of news and notes earlier when you called. Um, so we're talking about Melvin Gordon. I talked about him a little bit at the beginning of the show. Melvin Gordon, the news today is that he's holding out. Melvin Gordon is going to demand a trade if he doesn't get a new contract. We'll see oh. how that goes over. Most teams do not, uh, aren't receptive to threats from players. Hey, trade me. They don't just go out and do that. It has happened in the past where teams have done that. Um, they've saved face a little bit, so if the, the Chargers are able to save face and not make it look like he's dictating the terms, they may listen and entertain a trade. They may not like his attitude. We don't know what's going on behind scenes. They may want to get rid of him as much as he wants to, to get out of there. We'll find out more on that, but my, my thinking is this. We used to know how this unfolded for 15, 20 years straight. A player would threaten to hold out, and then he, he, would, he, would, he would be bluffing and come back at you know right before week one. This oftentimes would lead to an injury, so it still didn't work out amazingly well for the fantasy football owners of the world because the holdout tends to lead to more susceptible you know to injury. And Melvin Gordon's already an injury prone type of player. You expect them to miss one or two games, still somehow get you you know twelve to fourteen TDs total. But but now that he's potentially going to hold out, even if he comes back. There's a risk that he gets hurt in 2019 if this holdout goes into the preseason. Now, I don't know what you're thinking, but my initial reaction is not to have the biggest knee-jerk reaction in the world and drop this guy into the third round. But I find myself saying, okay, you got Mike Thomas, who sometimes falls into the second round and he shouldn't. Uh, you got Mike Thomas, obviously David Johnson, obviously Devontae Adams, and obviously DeAndre Hopkins go ahead of Gordon at this point. But I think... Uh, you still have Mike Thomas, you have potentially Odell Beckham Jr., in my opinion, who I think you need to take at the top of the second round, not higher, because you can let him fall. But to me, he has the potential to be the number one wide receiver in 2019. These are all guys that I have ranked now ahead of Melvin Gordon. Gordon's going to fall into my 2.02 to 2.04 range, I think, at this point. And even then, I don't anticipate or see myself take him in every scenario, or a lot of them, because I don't want to get burned. But my question to you is, where is your line in the sand to where you just, at this point, knowing what you know now, predicting what you have to predict now, where do you draw a line where you say, on average, I wouldn't let Melvin Gordon slip past me at this pick? What is that pick for you? It's tough to say right now, because... I really want to know more information about this holdout. One, one interesting thing I did hear uh, was Melvin Gordon and his agent talking about how they didn't want to resort to this, but if they had gotten a respectable offer, then they wouldn't be at this point, which makes me really think that they're not going to be able to come to a deal. But you have um, to you have to a pick a pick. But you have to pick. All right. Well, uh, uh, where you draw I a line, you, this, you would take them. I would probably have to say in the second round. I mean, he's not – for an unsure situation, he's not someone I want to take as my first rounder. But even with the, what you said, the injuries, yes. But if he's starting in that offense, he plays 
great with passing downs. He scores a ton of touchdowns. He's great as a runner. And he, he's a guy I would want as my running back one. So he, he's definitely – I wouldn't want to pass on him, on him in the second, but I would try to get some other guys, like maybe Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson, to pair with him in case he does end up not playing or plays for a different team. Here, here's one thing I want to tell. I'm not sure if you saw my Instagram post, the video where it shows. Did you see that? Yeah, he was talking about Le'Veon Bell. And yeah, so too. so those of you listening that haven't or watching that haven't seen this on my Instagram page, go to Instagram.com/slash The Fantasy Football Show or search for me on your app on your phone, The Fantasy Football Show. You can also search for uh, fantasy.football.analyst, who is our our guest right now. We were his guest. Now he's on our show. He's our ah. guest. Um, <laughs> but if you search for my sh- my show or my page on Instagram, you will see a video that I posted where it's last fall. Sports Illustrated was hanging out with Melvin Gordon watching, I believe, football, and uh, they're spending the day with him or whatever. And Le'Veon Bell, the season started. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell holdout talks came into the conversation, and was it his dad or his? I think it was his dad. It was his dad. Yeah. He was talking with his dad, and his dad, and he said to his dad, "Like, I don't blame him. I'd do this. Like, in paraphrasing, I'd do the same thing. Hold out if they weren't paying me. He's like, guy puts everything into it, and they they don't want to pay him. And so <laughs> he's essentially saying he agrees with the stance, and he would do the same thing. Now you could say that's just him supporting his buddy, and he wouldn't actually follow through with it. But he's announced he's going to hold out, and he wants to trade. So he's clearly on that path. How much of the on that path is he? We don't know. What I hope happens and this is kind of my prediction if you made me if you said smitty predict exactly how this is going to happen i would lean this way i would say that what i predict to happen is that he he's smart he sees what happens to lev bell lev bell didn't get what he wanted lev bell didn't get close to what he thought he was going to get and he's in a similar situation he's at the the downward or at the peak of his career about to fall off and go downward he's got to know that Maybe he maybe he's blind to it. I don't know. But somebody's going to tell him, hey, you may have two or three years left, buddy. You're not going to get what you think you're going to get. So what I'm hoping he does is he learns a little bit from Lev Bell. He's testing the waters a little bit. And they're going to offer him a really fair and a, a deal that pays him for like two years and, you know, whatever. I think that he is going to be better off trying to get big money now because he does deserve big money now. And if he focuses on that instead of worrying about this long-term contract that he's not going to get, this big, huge, long-term contract at his age, I think he saves himself. I think he he make he doesn't make this big mistake if he if he gets a fair offer for them at you know one year, two years, whatever. I think he takes it because he's going to see what Bell was left with, and so that's my hope. And I think you can take advantage of that in a couple leagues. Don't draft him in every league. But if Melvin Gordon falls to you at, at like 2.02, 2.03, 2.04, in one league, take a risk because you're potentially getting a top six overall pick there. I just don't know how to do it in a ton of leagues because we saw we saw the unthinkable happen. Just like the Red Wedding uh, in Game of Thrones. You know, did you were you a Game of Thrones guy? Nope, not at all. Ah. Oh. Oh. Should we hang up hang up on him right now, guys? Like this is blasphemy. <laughs> like the red but, wedding. Before before I head out, I wanted to say that although the Melvin Gordon situation, he could take a look at what happened with Le'Veon Bell, he can also take a look at what happened with Todd Gurley. 
This is a guy who's in a similar situation. He got paid. He got that deal. He got that record-breaking deal. And look where the Rams are now. And look where the Rams are now. But he's not thinking about that. He's thinking about individually. And that's why I think the Chargers are taken away from him, which is why they haven't given him a respectable offer, at least in their eyes. So, I mean, for Gordon, it could go either way. And knowing how players work, I don't think he's going to go the cautious route. He's going all out. He wants that money. We'll see. He wouldn't threatening a, a holdout if he didn't want that money. I hope he's getting good advice because if they come strong with a one- or two-year deal, or it's probably a two-year deal, mm-hmm. if they come strong with a two-year deal, one that pays him like he wants to get paid, but they just give him it for two years, I think he smartens up. I think he gets some advice from people that, that tell him, you're, you know, whether it's his agent or whoever, saying, we tested this out with Lev Bell. It didn't work. You're not going to get what you want. You're going to get screwed a year from now. I honestly don't think it could happen again, but I think the world was shocked that Bell did what he did as long as he did. I even thought Bell was going to come back at some point during the year, um, and, and, and James Conner was my number two bold prediction. So clearly, if even I didn't see him holding out, especially at the end, I always wondered if there was something shady going on um, to where he wouldn't have passed a test or something, because that was really odd how he changed directions out of nowhere. Um where he was going to come back, and then he didn't. I always thought there was something fishy about that. I'll never know. That's speculation on my part. but No one will ever know, unfortunately. <laughs> we should, You know what we should do? We should start a conspiracy theories channel and just go over all the NFL player conspiracies. Yeah, it'll be a conspiracy episode uh, segment where, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, just, I'll make up something. <laughs> I actually do. Is as funny as that is, I actually do have something potentially in the plans that will be in the humor variety uh, type of series on YouTube. So I'll let you know when that happens. But uh, uh, it's it's kind of funny, kind of along those lines. But we'll see. I don't know if I'll have time. I've got so many things I'm biting off. I don't know. But hey, I appreciate you coming on, man. And let me uh, jump on your podcast again, guys. Follow Joey. At on Instagram at fantasy.football.analyst and you can search for basically any any podcast uh, provider will have Fantasy Football Analyst Podcast, right? Yep, just about anyone. And you can hear this uh, this this interview that we did from his side and perspective and you can hear it on my, um, my stuff as well. So thank you, Joey. I appreciate it, man. I'm going to disconnect with you. Have a good night, my friend, and let's do it again soon. Yeah, for sure. For everybody listening right now, you guys are in the right spot. Smitty's, Smitty's take care of you guys. And if you guys come on Instagram, I'll take care of you too. So have a great night, everyone. And don't stay up late. Don't stay up too late, Smitty. I know you're in. It's only it's only 9.30 my time. It's my Eastern people that are up late. Oh, I'm the Eastern one. I'm about 12.30 right now. Heading yeah. to one. You're a night owl. <laughs> but, you'll, you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be all right. All right, Joey. But, take it easy. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging in there for an interview. I thought that was kind of uh, fun and interesting to throw that at you uh, going live on an interview while I was already live. Um, Kind of interesting, I think. So we covered a lot. I can answer a few questions before I go. We've already been on for an hour and 22 minutes. We have 63 people in the room. Only 54 likes. Please hit the thumbs up. I don't know who hit the other other option. That's, that's, That's disrespectful. Uh, let's go questions. Hit me with it. We've got about a 10 minute 
Q&A drill right here. Let's do it. Topic Q and A with Smitty. Go. Thanks, Rich. Let's talk Dynasty, says Anthony. Let's talk Dynasty. Anthony, toss something out. Thank you, Sand. I know that that was a little different. I just thought it'd be fun to do an interview in front of you guys. Thank you for the thumbs up. I appreciate that. Ask questions. Let's go. What do you got? Good question. Dynasty question. I assume Jacobs or Nikhil Harry. I think you draft Nikhil Harry at the 1.01 or the 1.02. David Montgomery is the only other option I think that you are going to want to take at this point. I, I love Daryl Henderson, but you don't take Daryl Henderson But it, you know, at, at three. And I think three is reaching for a lot of people. I take Daryl Henderson at three. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says when I take him over Jacobs. So maybe the question, Anthony, is Nick, uh, Daryl Henderson or Jacobs. I would say Daryl Henderson. But Nikhil Harry is the 1.01 or the 1.02. I think Nikhil Harry is the next Terrell Owens meets Calvin Johnson. I think within one to three years, this guy will be elite. And I'm talking top five fantasy football wide receiver. Tony has a question. Dynasty, how do you like Alshon Jeffrey in the ninth round? It's okay. Um, I don't know that the Jeffrey has a whole lot of like long-term dynasty appeal, but in a situation that you're probably referring to in a league where you have already a lot of good dynasty depth, you're looking for some play, win-now players, he's a fine player to throw on your roster near double-digit rounds. Um, so let's go. Next question. Alpha, are you in love with Daryl Henderson? No. Tyreek is in the clear. Let's check the news. I've been on here constantly, so let's see if you're speculating or if news is breaking as we speak. Because it is Eastern, it is Friday. Tyreek Hill, ex-fiance Crystal, has filed a, a petition saying... He is the father of her recently born twins and that she is seeking full custody. That is breaking news as of right now. So hold the Q&A. Hold the Q&A. We're talking Tyreek Hill. Let me get that up again. One second. Back up. Back up. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is up right now. It looks like Crystal, his ex-fiance, is trying to establish supervised parenting time for Hill and child support. It's just the latest development in the pair's ongoing saga of legal issues. Now, we'll see what's happening here. I don't know if this has anything to do with some of the speculation that if he... Um, Something to do with custody with his kid. I forget if it's plastic that was talking about that. Plastic, are you in the room right now? But this sounds like... Okay, so Hill's denying all charges. I don't think anything here is is talking about that there's going to be any further expected ex uh, suspension. Hill met with league officials last month. With the meeting reportedly going well for the wideout, he is expected to report to Chiefs camp later this month. So there's no new news on the suspension. Um, or no suspension, 
But there is a breaking news report right now as of uh, 9.53 p.m. Eastern, so but right before we started on here, actually, that his ex-fiancee, Crystal, has filed a petition saying he is the father of her recently born twins and that she is seeking full custody. We will see how that plays out, see what comes comes about with this, but this doesn't look like it'll impact anything. Um, and let me just check and refresh and see if there's anything new on Tyree Kill. Nothing. We'll find out tomorrow officially, I believe, and that could be, they may even postpone that, who knows, whether Tyree Kill is going to miss one game, zero games, four games, we will find out. Back to the Q&A. It looks like that was just a report that didn't have any impact in terms of fantasy value. But it was breaking, so we had to roll with it. Duke trade, we'll find out. I don't know if Duke will get traded, but... Sounds like Hill will not get suspended, said Sand. Commissioner told him behind scenes to work on the counseling. Smitty. If you like Ben so much, will you eat those passing TDs? Who will eat those passing TDs after Juju? Moncrief, ADP is non-existent. I may take a shot on him. I like Moncrief. I like Washington a little too. I think one of those guys will emerge. I don't know, honestly, if it will be Moncrief or Washington at this point. Uh, Momentum suggests that it's Moncrief as of right now. So I would expect Moncrief to to roll into the preseason as the lead dog behind Juju. And then we'll see how that, that plays out. If Washington shines, then they might, you know, roll in as a 50, 50 split into the week one, and then Washington could take over. But I think that at the very least, Moncrief will get a shot to, I think, kind of hold on to the job. And then we'll see what happens from there. So Moncrief's got to deliver something he hasn't done year after year after year. So, I don't know that I'd, I'd hold out hope that, that Moncrief's going to be the guy that he's never been able to become. Damian Harris or Sony Michelle? I think Damian uh, is going to be the guy to own. Sony Michelle has a bad knees. Uh, there's reportedly bone on bone in one of his knees heading into the combine. That's why so many teams passed on him. He had an operation or a procedure this offseason. Uh, and so he's already having knee work. I expect Damian Harris to be full force between the tackles by, I don't know, midseason. And Damian Harris could walk you into your fantasy football playoffs in a situation where you're hurting at running back and you stash them on your bench. Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell, best combo to put on your bench heading into 2019. Damian Harris is also a fine running back stash, the kind of guy that can help walk you into the playoffs because Damian Harris was a a better prospect than Jacobs at one point in January and early February. Now, I know guys that really like Jacobs are going to get offended by that. But that's not me telling you that that I would take Harris over Jacobs. I'm telling you that scouts had Harris really, really high. Harris was arguably the number one rookie running back in December, January in a lot of early scouting, fantasy football scouting write-ups. I'm not saying that, that Jacobs doesn't deserve to be in the conversation now. He's obviously in one of the best situations for all these rookie running backs. My point being that Harris has more value than anybody is really, I think, seeing right now. That he was the 1,000-yard receiver two years in a row before Jacobs and he split carries last year. And neither of them shined in 2018 in college because, I mean, they did with TDs. 
but they were they were spoon fed those TDs, and Alabama was awesome. So we don't even know how good Jacobs would have really been in a different environment. He's never even done amazing things in his own environment in college. Not that that's his fault, but when you're not fed workhorse carries, how do we know if you're any good? How do we know that you could hold up at the NFL level? I'm not calling Jacobs a bust. I'm just saying he's never had even close to a 1,000-yard season. He hasn't had over 641 yards in any college season. We've never seen him run for over 640 yards. So hitting a rookie wall is probably very, very likely for Jacobs, and hitting it early is probably even, you know, is is as likely. Um, and I think that we're looking at Damian Harris, who has proven to hit 1,000 yards, and I think he's the aggressive runner that Coach Bill's been looking for and would use and utilize because there's no one on that roster, not Burkhead or anybody else. Sony Michelle is kind of like James White shoved Michelle into the the between the carry or between the tackle role because White's got that. But I think that Harris is the guy that they're looking for to to take over on on first and second down and be that between the tackle monster. He's a monster. And he's going to do well. Daryl not built to be a workhorse? Come on, Hapa. That's not. You're just trying to you're just trying to get under my skin. Daryl Henderson is built differently than a smaller type back. If you look at his build, and in all honesty, take this example and and kind of see what I'm saying. Everybody thinks DK Metcalf is too big to be an elite wide receiver. He's going to hit the ground over and over and get hurt. He's just he doesn't have any body fat at all to absorb anything. So DK Metcalf is a very very highly likely candidate to get hurt. Would you guys agree with that? DK Metcalf is going to struggle to stay healthy probably. Would you guys agree with that? Here's what's crazy. Nikhil Harry is the same size essentially as DK Metcalf, give or take a little. They are the same strength. They both bench the same number of reps. They have the same type of size but Nikhil Harry's built like an elite well-oiled machine mix of Terrell Owens and Calvin Johnson yet they're the same like weight and size essentially and my point being that you could talk about Daryl Henderson not having the same measurables height you could talk about his but he's built like a running back if you watch him on film he's balanced he's quick he has 437 speed for those that think that Daryl Henderson's 40 time which was was a lot of scouts say was taken by faulty equipment and that not one not two but more than two scouts had Daryl Henderson clocked at 437 he's a 437 running back Daryl Henderson mind you is number 1 in college football history in yards per attempt Hapa Number one in college football history in yards per attempt. Number one. The guy is a monster. He's a tackle-breaking machine. And he had more 20 and 40-plus yard runs than anybody later, Jake, than anybody in the nation in 2019. By a lot. The guy is the definition of home run hitting, 
He had over 1,900 yards rushing, 25 TDs. He is a beast. Daryl Henderson is going to be the next Alvin Kamara. And Todd Gurley is not going to stay healthy. Todd Gurley, if he somehow gets on the field in week one, and I predict and I have since January, Todd Gurley won't even play week one. That part's bold, bolder than the rest. I get it. And if I'm wrong on that, I, I still feel just as strongly that he's going to get hurt because if he forces himself to play when he's not ready, then he's going to be more likely to get hurt. He's he's essentially this in the same boat as a player holding out. When a player holds out and they get thrown to the wolves in week one, they're more susceptible to injury. And, and Todd Gurley is more susceptible to injury if he gets thrown in there in week one as if he was like a holdout or something. And he's already hurt and he's already not healthy. He has arthritis and that swelling can flare up at any time. I'm done with Todd Gurley. I've talked about it enough. You can look at my 157 videos. Daryl Henderson will be a win-a-league player like Roger just said. He can win a league. Daryl Henderson can't lose you a league in the sixth round. You can recover from that. But Daryl Henderson can hit a home run and win you a league. And I, I predict that Daryl Henderson is going to have a bigger workload than anybody's expecting right out of the gate. Number one, Daryl Henderson, in college football history and yards per attempt. Learn about it. That wasn't directed to anybody in, in particular. It wasn't at you, Hapa. You just got me going. Hapa, you, you lit my fuse. I'm not mad at Hapa. I didn't blow up at Hapa. Hapa just ignited the fuse a little bit. And then I just kind of... Hopefully Hapa didn't leave. <laughs> Hapa, come back. Hapa. Hapa, come back. Smitty, as much as I agree with you on Hendy, but let me counterpunch your point. Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to read the rest. I was pumped about Corey Davis because... Corey, you're going to bring up Corey Davis to my Daryl Henderson? I'm going to close this. Next question. Aaron Rodgers, or Aaron Jones, sorry. I don't know what this is referring to. I don't know what this Aaron Jones comment is referring to, Roger, but I love it. Because I like Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is going to be a top 10 running back that you can get in the late third. And in dumb leagues where people draft out of a magazine, you're going to get Aaron Jones in the fourth round. Congratulations for playing in leagues with your grandma. Your grandma doesn't know that Aaron Jones is coming. Aaron Jones is going to drop loads in 2019. Your grandma ain't going to see it coming. Where am I taking Henderson in startup drafts? I'll tell you, Tyler. I'm taking him in rookie drafts. Uh, God, actually, I, I don't know that I can tell you that because it, it has been evolving so fast. And I like to think that I had a lot to do with Henderson's ADP rising. A lot of people tell me that it wouldn't be in the round that it's in, at least being around around backwards one if, if I wasn't cranking out this crap left and right. But I think that, no, I know, uh, I was just kidding with you, buddy. 
Mikado. We're good, Mikado. Mikado and, and Hapa, we're good. Okay. I know you, you know where my buttons are. You're pushing them. I don't know how to answer this question because I think that, that Henderson is worthy of, of drafting. <sighs> this is a tough one. Am I going crazy tonight? Sometimes I do. I won't lie. I could flip a switch. I'm passionate. I'm passionate for you. I work hard for you guys and I want you to know how I feel. And sometimes I get I get all worked up over a topic because no, I know Happen. Happen and I are good. Uh because it just I I I feel like I've beat a dead horse on this Todd Gurley. I rang that bell that I broke earlier. I don't know who is here. I broke this off the bell. Let me smack it a little bit. I, I knocked that, I ripped this off, but I did a video here in, I don't know if it was February or March, where I said no Todd Gurley 5,000 times in a row. Hapa, earlier than the fifth round, if we're talking dynasty startup, I would take him in the fourth round easily. But I would want to learn more about um, where his ADP is leveling right now, because I'm not in a current draft, so I haven't dug into the ADP, and I'm talking like the last couple weeks, where has he been going in startups because you want to use ADP. You don't want to take a guy just where you think he could be. So Daryl Henderson is like top 10 running back, top five to 10 running back material over the future, but you don't take him there. You don't have to take him there. You have to learn where his ADP is. I don't know the answer to that right now, but I'm going to look into it and I'm going to help you uh, with that question. But I don't want to give you bad information, but easily the fourth round. But I, I would go, especially in a dynasty draft where you can see like a pre-ranked list or something, if, if they are ranked differently, if you start seeing Henderson's name within even one scroll, you better start thinking about grabbing him. But if he's really far down, you could get away with it in the fourth round and, and be fine. People might not see him coming as much as other leagues. So, Alpha is, you're talking about, his point is they can break records in college and suck at an elite level. It happens all the time. It could. But you know the difference between your example, though, is that Corey Davis didn't land in an elite situation, so I don't know how he's coming up when you're looking at Daryl Henderson landing in probably the best situation of any running back in this 2019 NFL draft class. He is kind of quietly in the best situation. Yeah, someone might say, how is he in the best situation? He's behind somebody right now. He's behind, I think Todd Gurley's the best backup in the NFL right now, backing up Daryl Henderson, but uh, we'll find out how accurate that is and when that actually becomes fact. Right now it's not. Right now I'm joking. Right now I'm having a little fun with that. But at some point, and, and if Henderson's in there, Gurley's not going to be a backup. He's going to be hurt. I'm just joking around. Malcolm Brown will be the backup to, to Daryl Henderson. And a lot of people like Malcolm Brown. And he's okay. But so was C.J. Anderson. Okay. But Anderson looked amazing. So Brown and, and Anderson, these guys are okay running backs. They're not Daryl Henderson. And Daryl Henderson can't be compared to a Corey Davis because he landed in an ideal situation. He'll have open, if you gave, and this is going to rub someone the wrong way, and that's fine. I get it. You love Todd Gurley. You can't hear it. You're not hearing, Jimmy. You're not. You're listening, but you're not hearing. Anybody know what movie that's from? Probably not. But it shows how old I am. Todd Gurley, the best backup. Yes, Anthony. For now, until he gets hurt. But, what was I saying? Damn it. Now I forget. 
Henderson. Henderson. This is going to... People can't hear Jimmy. They only listen to Jimmy. I'm not Jimmy. That's a quote from a movie. White men can't jump if you don't know the movie. But what I'm saying is that Todd Gurley didn't have the breakaway runs and big plays that he was used to having. He had a lot of points last year. I don't know how to emphasize that they're different, that you can score a lot and you can still not have those big plays. That's right, Jacob. And Todd Gurley, if you gave last year, I'm not talking about Todd Gurley of the past, the best running back ever, blah, blah, blah. I'm not talking about that Todd Gurley. I'm talking about last year, especially toward the end, whatever, if you gave Daryl Henderson the same open rushing lanes, he would go untouched to the end zone in a lot of those plays. Whereas Todd Gurley didn't have that breakaway ability any longer because he was on a slow decline, a decline that you couldn't really see. It was masked by the fact that that offense is so freaking amazing. So you can't compare Corey Davis to Daryl Henderson because Daryl Henderson's being shoved into an offense that's going to open up rushing lanes for the one of the most home run hitting backs in the history of college football. Daryl Henderson's one of the hardest running backs to tackle in the history of college football. He has some of the most, arguably the most breakaway stats and ability than anybody in the history of college football. He is absolutely number one in yards per attempt in the history. The 60 plus years of stat gathering in college football, he's number one in, in yards per attempt. And there's all kinds of third and eighth and fifth stats where he's in the top 10 in terms of uh, yards after contact, all those things. Broken tackles. I Hendy should come on the show. If I was an NFL player and I saw someone talking me up as much as I talk up Daryl Henderson, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's for sure seen this, I imagine he's seeing something because I tag him in like every Instagram video. So he's had to have seen something, and I've DM'd him before uh, uh, 15 times, and he doesn't respond. We're not really talking right now, Daryl Henderson and I, but that's okay. This is a one-way relationship. Thank you, Gabe, for the super chat. Gabe, you now have control, you and Tony, and there was someone else that did a super chat. If, if you did and I'm not recognizing you, please call yourself out. You guys can gain control of the conversation at any moment. Just mention what you want to talk about, Gabe, and it's yours. Uh, Hendy should spon- yeah, Hendy should sponsor me. I should sponsor. I'll sponsor Hendy. Um, I hope he comes on the show sometime. That's one of my goals is to get Daryl Henderson on the show. I want to get him on the show before he explodes, but uh, we got a little time. So I'm going to keep reaching out to him. In an Instagram post, maybe you guys can tag him when I post it. Hey, Daryl Henderson, I want to interview you. I'm going to create a video, put it on IG, on Instagram, and then I need your guys' help to tag him and go, Henderson, where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? Somebody's your best supporter. I'm going to need your help to do that. Maybe we can get him on the show through uh, brute force uh, tagging. Not harassing, just gentle tag, little, you know, tags. Not harassment. What the hell is a super chat, Anthony said. It's when you can actually toss money out my way, Gabe gave me $10 because Gabe is awesome, and now Gabe controls the conversation anytime Gabe wants to. So, Super Chat's a way to give back to the people you follow. Um, some people give a buck, some people give 10 bucks. Tony's one of the most generous people I've ever seen in this environment. 
Thank you, Tony. You're the man. It helps the channel grow. These people want to see this this thing succeed. And and Anthony, you're here too. You know, Anthony, as long as you're respectful and you are, um, even if we disagree on stuff, I love that. I love disagreeing on a topic. It helps create conversation. Um, hey, look at Tony still here. Tony, it's late for you, right? You're Eastern too. So glad you're here, Anthony. And let's let's uh, it's uh, it is interesting. Hapa, give me ten bucks. Oh, <laughs> uh, my hair's a mess. No, thank you. Okay, so yeah, gentle, gentle tagging. Okay, so let's move on. Tone, I love that setup plus uh, either Mahomes, Luck, Rogers, Baker, and Henderson. What was Tone saying? I don't know. Thoughts of undrafting Adams? Oh, up here. Adams, eight. Uh, let me drag your question on the screen here. If you guys have any questions, toss them out before I go. It's getting late here. I'm going to probably jump off. We've been on almost two hours. Tone, thoughts on drafting Adams, Odell Beckham Jr., Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones, Montgomery with the five, with first five picks. Tone, you'd win your league if you did that. But I would probably, I would assume you're not going to get Montgomery that late. So expect to get one of those running backs. You're going to have to decide. David Montgomery is going to be a top 25 overall player across the board. In redraft, and dynasty, dynasty will be higher. But in redraft, you won't be able to touch, I think, Montgomery in mid-August for anything close to it, anything less than a top 25 overall pick. Get ready for that. I think that's coming. That's my prediction. I think Montgomery's that good. Montgomery has that much talent. And so if you can draft this tone with a league of people that aren't quite in the know, that haven't adapted to the to the ADP that is going to be climbing, that is starting to climb for Montgomery, you're going to win your league with that lineup. You have two potential top 10 running backs, and you have arguably two top three wide receivers and a guy that can still be a top three wide receiver. My favorite, it's funny you mentioned this, my favorite strategy so far right now is to draft Pat Mahomes or, I'm sorry, Baker Mayfield because you can't do this with Pat Mahomes because I tried it. Baker Mayfield at QB, David Montgomery at running back, and you can do this in an auction. So Baker Mayfield, David Montgomery at running back, and then fill up the rest of your running backs with like the Samuels and Snell, the Damian Harris, the Daryl Hendersons. And then at wide receiver, take Odell Beckham Jr., take Mike Thomas. Both of those guys are falling into the second round a lot of the times, top of the second, so they have that little bit lesser value in an auction even. And then draft Mike Evans. You're taking essentially three wide receivers that could all be top five that all three of them tend to fall in the second round somewhere. And so you can get them a little cheaper, and then you're able to do that other stacking with Montgomery and and Mayfield. And maybe you even get Mahomes, Montgomery, and those particular three wide receivers. You kind of have to go for those wide receivers first to see if you can pull it off and see how much money you have left. My advice in that, because I tried it out in, an, in a, a mock draft here with everybody, and I, I didn't get to pull it off because I ran out of money. So before you buy your QB, so you know what you're working with, get Montgomery first, get those three wide receivers, then see what you can get at QB because you might get lucky and get an Aaron Rodgers for 10 or $11, whereas Baker could go for 15 or 20 because he might get bid on earlier so go get montgomery then get those wide receivers but you want an amazing strategy deploy that strategy in 2019 similar to what tone is talking about here so tone great minds think alike uh that's what i'm talking about did uh, gabe post anything gabe if you did i'm sorry i'm dropping the ball gabe gabe or tony tony uh tony you have anything 
Uh, Tony said yes, but I don't have to be at the office till nine tomorrow. Out of boy, Tony. What's your team? Post your team in the comments. Let's throw it on screen. See what you got so far in your your, your most recent draft. Sand. Love it, brother. I'm set on that strategy this year in auction. boy, And and if you get Daryl Henderson somehow, wait till later so that if you bid on him early, his value is going to be through the roof. But let people spend money. Try and get him. If Melvin Gordon gets traded to the Bucks, wow, that would be a beautiful, but I, that would be beautiful, but I imagine the Chargers are smart enough to know what they have planned to pay. Yeah, I... I I, I think that everybody's assuming that he's getting traded or something, and I, I don't think he's going to dictate terms on that. I think that teams are very, very oftentimes not going to just bow down to a player um, because they demand a trade. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the, the Chargers would call his bluff, I think, unless they've had conversations behind closed doors where they wanted to already trade him. Then they might say, hey, this is going to look bad if we trade him now because it looks like he's telling us what to do. But they could easily manage that if they truly did want to get rid of him beforehand. But I don't think they do. I think he just wants to get paid. They probably didn't offer him anything yet. I think if they give him a two-year deal at value that he does deserve, that's a good win-win for both. But the team shouldn't be paying on a four- or five-year deal. He doesn't have that kind of time left. Baker, Odell, Thomas, Evans sounds awesome. How about Montgomery and Miles Sanders? Um, I love Montgomery. Montgomery's a top 5 to 10 dynasty running back, a top 25 overall player that I can draft later, and I do as long as I can. But Miles Sanders, man, he's playing in an offense where you got Jordan Howard. You have some people really high on Howard. You have some people high on Sanders. But guess what? Not only do you have that sharing situation going on, you have a coaching staff that just does not stick to one running back. Proven track record of that. Don't expect Miles Sanders or Howard to be focused on or featured on. And even if one was, you've got to pick which one now. So it's a cloudy situation that you could miss on very, very easily. I'm staying clear from Miles Sanders in 2019 and beyond. It's not even close. Montgomery and Sanders don't even belong in the same sentence. Damian Harris, I would rather have than Miles Sanders. Something I got laughed out of chat rooms. I, I posted something on Reddit. I did a live. Um, got ripped apart early on in the offseason for that. Now people are getting on the Damian Harris train. I'd rather have Damian Harris, and I'd even draft Damian Harris ahead of Miles Sanders. Tony in the house again. Thank you, sir. Okay, here's Tony's team. Mahomes, Kamara, Daryl Henderson, Rashad Penny, Philip Lindsay, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Alshon Jeffrey, David, and Joku. That's pretty damn good, Tony. I mean, Mahomes and Kamara are going to carry you every week. If Henderson pops, game over. Just right there. But if he doesn't, let's say, you have Philip Lindsay. That's a damn good running back, too, considering how you built your team. You have Mahomes, Kamara, and Antonio Brown, arguably all top one to five at their position. You can say Antonio Brown's the biggest risk of those players capable of being in the top five. Sure, but you didn't pay that kind of price tag, so you're good. But you have Mahomes, Kamara. What, what size league is this, 10? Or is this really a 12 team league if this is a 12 team league dude like this is a damn good team Lindsay was looking back on it and i talked with you about this Lindsay is damn good value considering the way and where you got him um yeah i like that team man that's one of the better looking teams i've seen in a little while and that's dynasty too that's fantastic sand 
Montgomery is such a stud. I actually haven't even watched Damian Harris tape yet. I need to do that. Definitely do and look at some of the earlier stuff on it. I have a lot of content on him too, so check it out. Gary, Smitty, what did you say about Tyreek Hill? Was it good or bad? Oh, just breaking news about his his uh, ex fiance filing for custody of the two uh, teams. 12-team, Tony. Here's Tony's other comment. 12-team, 1K buy-in. <laughs> Whoa. 1K buy-in. What's the winner get? I mean, obviously a lot, but is there like a, what's the breakdown for the prizes? Does first place get literally like 10 grand? That's fantastic, Tony. That's a, that's a, I would take that team to war in a, in a 1K, 1,000 entry fee league any day of the week. All right, guys, I think I'm out of here. I hate to leave with 64 people in the room. Um, can we get that 61 thumbs up to 64? Oh, before you leave, um, I do this every time and I forget to do it. Don't leave yet. I'm going to give you a link so that you can add me to your new YouTube uh, messenger, which they have out. Also, if you could do me a favor, guys, um, can you guys give me uh, a review on iTunes? Is anybody 7,500 for first? That's freaking awesome, Tony. That's fantastic, dude. I love that team. I take your team into battle any day of the week. And if you don't see, you don't know what we're talking about. That's right on screen there. That's Tony's team. That's uh, some uh, d- definitely. Whoa, didn't mean to. Trying to pull up my uh, link here for iTunes. So I'm going to post a link here. Hopefully you guys can uh, copy link. Let me paste that bad boy. Winner gets stoned. Of what? Can you guys go to iTunes right here? Please. And give me a full star review on iTunes. I would appreciate it. Very, very much. 67 thumbs up. I appreciate that for this video. 60 people still in the room. I would love if you could go to iTunes. I don't know if that's even clickable at this point. Um, but this review, the the fantasy football show on iTunes. Hapa, I just joined a 1K buy-in one-man league. <laughs> and then let me give you this link as well, guys. Um, this next link I'm going to give you allows you to add me to your YouTube Messenger, which is a new thing. I haven't used it much yet, but I'm gathering uh, all the contacts on here so that I can reach out to you and give giveaways. So I might just randomly message somebody on my YouTube Messenger chat uh, group and and give you guys something, do giveaways and giveaway subscriptions and all that. So let me gather that link here. Copy that link and paste it in for here for you. So click on this link. All you got to do is just uh, either accept or request me to be added. This add me um, feature here on YouTube. And that will allow us to, to once the, you know, it's like a DM feature eventually. So it's new. Um, but I'd like to get everybody on, on that before before we start using it. So that I have like, you know, hundreds of you all in that ready to go. So I can message you and say, hey, um, you know doing a contest and I'm picking 10 people and you're one of them and I'm going to do giveaways like that. So click on that link there and uh, get added. So thank you guys for watching. We did a lot on this show. News notes. We talked about Melvin Gordon, Tyreek Hill did an interview live with you guys, did a top 20 uh, QB ranking live on an interview on a podcast. Then we hung up with him. We talked a bunch about uh, uh, all your questions and answers, talking about leagues. I, I love having this, these lives with you guys. I'm going to probably do a live in the morning on Sundays. 
like a pregame show, go over news and notes and injuries and start bench questions. So hopefully you guys are down for that on Sunday mornings. I think that's going to happen. Stay tuned for that. And uh, Tony, draft like Tony if you're going to go draft because, Tony, this team is freaking fantastic. Um, how much will you sell it for? $1,001? Because I would go play with that team any day of the week. All right, guys, I appreciate you. Tony's uh, uh, drinks are on Tony <laughs> after the season. <laughs> and uh, I'll see you guys later. Appreciate you. You guys make the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. Ouch!